Welcome to the Liturgical Looking Glass, a program that looks at the liturgy of the church for the week ahead and music inspired by it with me, Tim Hutchinson. And with me, Nick Swarbrick. Uh, good morning, Tim. Good morning, everybody. And uh, we've got a one of those odd mornings for you where we've got to look beyond our liturgical season into the next one, because if we're looking at the liturgy of the week ahead, boy, have we got some feasts for you. Would be yes, one way indeed. of putting it. <laughs> a feast of a show indeed coming out for everyone. A show, yes. I could almost <laughs> smell the liturgical turkey. As somebody <laughs> what, 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 that's not my line. Somebody, was, somebody said that at, while uh, the, we were putting out the, uh, the flowers early. And uh, the, the priest said, oh, I can smell a liturgical turkey here, which was a nice way of putting, <laughs> let's take the flowers down until it's actually oh, Christmas. Yeah, so, a, a program that also have, gives you all kinds of very niche jokes and comments as well. I'm afraid it does, doesn't it? Yes, mm. I will try and restrain myself as a as, as a penitential um, act there from, from, from doing the, the Christmas gags. But you've got... A prayer for us, or I have, I have two, more than one. Um, <laughs> I shall try and not pray without ceasing, because otherwise um, we will be here a long time. But there was something from the office that I I, I don't usually find these um, intercessions to catch my attention, but I thought that this was quite a, a beautiful one from from Lords today. Weren't they amazing? Yeah. Very, it was like a completely different voice had written those ones, I think. Ah, so you also yeah. thought so, yeah. Yeah, go on, go for it. Well, let's do that, and then we shall end with a, a collect as well. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In a world divided by fear and greed, the Church calls again on her Saviour. Lord Jesus, come to us in love. Help us to set our hearts where they f- will find fulfillment and not betrayal. As we proclaim your saving power to others, let us not ourselves lose hold of your salvation. May our world be flooded with the grace of your coming. Let us experience the fullness of joy. May we live our lives to the full in this world and transfigure it with the hope of future glory. Lord Jesus, come to us in love. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and uh, so it was a choice between that and today's collect, which I I will now pray as well. O God, who seeing the human race fallen into death, willed to redeem it by the coming of your only begotten Son, grant, we pray, that those who confess his incarnation with humble fervor may merit his company as their Redeemer who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. I love when these little lines kind of pop out, like, uh, you know, the 
those who confess his incarnation with humble fervor. And you wonder, well, what what does that actually mean? What does that look and sound like? I don't know what it evokes in your mind, Nick. For me, it invokes the the prayer that we've got uh, next to the crib at Blackfriars in Oxford at the moment, the prayer of Blessed Jordan, um, which is all about humility mm-hmm. uh, to the point where he says, may I be so humble as to be wrapped up and laid in the manger. Um, and he, he likens the idea of being sort of swaddled and somewhere small in a manger to the confines of, of a kind of divine discipline. And I, I, perhaps the idea here is a, is a humble further rather than a kind of, you know, there is a glorification in in the processions, in the singing, in the in the way that we do things. Uh, I read last night at, at, at mass, and it was absolutely wonderful. I did think afterwards, yes, it was wonderful, and I loved reading it, and it was a, it was just such a fantastic reading for me to do. But there's another somewhere inside someone's thinking, you did that really well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that can be tricky i think yeah that's difficult for for all of us i think it's difficult for you and me here um i think it's probably difficult for everybody who works in any way in disseminating the the faith through modern media through more um through more traditional media the idea of it, it moving between proclamation of what we do and edging towards those bits that were so telling in in the gospel of matthew um before we before we changed uh liturgical cycle about you know be careful of the way that you know you, you're paying attention to how people look at you those are those are messages for not just for the clergy and mm. um i think sometimes priests and deacons get so um edgy that this might be about them and having their phylacteries broad and greeted and called yeah. father but we forget that actually it's also true of us yeah that's um, true that's very true. And, and being in that, you know, being at that manger, like last night, with em- empty of Christ child, uh, as it still is, there is a sense there of, of, you know, we need to remember, we need to, we need to say, is it not Pope Francis divine? We need to be able to smell the oxen and smell the sheep. Um, he's I know big he on says, smelling like sheep. <laughs> he is big on smelling like sheep um, in all sorts of ways. And I think he does. He is one of those one of those priests, um, I'm using the word advisedly there, who does smell smell of the sheep. Mm. Yes. Uh, uh, though it does remind me whenever I think about smell as a as a as a spiritual thing that um our college chaplain used to say there are only two smells in the next world, incense and brimstone. Get used to the right one now. Wow. <laughs> I'd I'd like to think that there's more than that in um in one of those two places. Me too. Me too. Um gosh, wow. Uh many little threads I can pick up on there, but why don't we listen to our, our first piece of music for reflection? Tell us about Maybe it, Nick. The first piece really leads into that whole notion of, of incense because the incense is offered primarily in the in the Roman Empire and in the Byzantine Empire that follows it, if we want to describe it like that, is 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 offered to court official high court officials and to the king. So 
you know, we offer incense at the Epiphany with 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 the Magi because of the the royalty of of the Messiah. So what we've got today is one of those first hints of that coming. It's the O Antiphon, um, O King of the Nations, O Rex Gentium, O King of the Nations, Desire of the Nations, the cornerstone making both one. Come and save the human race, which you fashioned from clay. Mm. So a real pulling the rug from underneath us and talking about, you know, limo formasti, those of you that you've made out of mud. And yes. limo has this <laughs> sticky, horrible feel to it, which I think is is great. Um, so let's listen to the uh, the two Dominicans singing this in the Dominican tone. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, version. This is a full Magnificat. We will only listen to a little bit of it. And there they go, singing the Magnificat. So if you're not sure, because I, I realize that these things are not necessarily obvious to everyone, um, this O Antiphon is what is going to be sung in all religious communities tonight at Vespers before the Magnificat. And um, if you haven't heard them before, then it's really worthwhile, kind of, um, if you can, going to a community that sings Vespers and, and has uh, the opportunity for for people to come in and listen. And we usually broadcast these on Radio Maria. I know that um, there's a bit of a virus going around among the, the friars at the moment, and we didn't, we weren't able to have Vespers last night. But um, I'm not sure how they're doing for, for Vespers tonight. <laughs> we'll see how things going at Blackfriars there in, in Oxford, Nick. <laughs> Well, last night, because um, I was at the, even the evening mass rather than um, the morning mass, which is the community one, um, there was uh, Father Lawrence saying mass and me reading and a couple of the brethren. Otherwise, it was um, a sparse congregation mm. last um, and that's that's fine because the mass is the mass. Whether that was because they were being laid low by virus or simply because they'd already said mass, because we've also had all sorts of things going on in Oxford. We've had the the uh, the provincial meeting. We've had all sorts of stuff well, like that. Well, that's where they all got the. That's where they all shared their sufferings. Um, oh, because... it's quite possible they've all come back with that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's a, the, the the way of these things. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how they all are. My my. My hearts go out to clergy at this time and choir masters and choir mistresses and people that thought they were going to do some lead singing this next yeah. weekend who haven't quite got the voices for it. Don't panic. The angels will sing with us. And, um, <laughs> and for, for those that are, are, are being sacred ministers, you know, God is God is with you, even if you totter on and, and stagger your way through it, you'll, it'll all be fine. Mm. Um I think you know, that that's again one of those bits about humility that you're saying in the prayers. Yeah. I think the, um, you know there is also that humility of you do what you can and not what you can't. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely. 
Definitely. Yes. But yes, the O antiphons themselves are quite are quite amazing, aren't they? Um, I'm not a great fan. I'm not. I'm not one of these people who says never use Wikipedia. Um, uh, though, though someone once said to me, I think it was Abraham Lincoln who who once posted, "Never trust anything you read on Wikipedia," which is was a nice way of putting that. You know, the authorship of some of these things is difficult. But I'm looking at the moment at the Wikipedia stuff on O antiphons, yeah. and it was full of whoa! I never knew that stuff. Mm. For example, the first one, the O sapientia that we heard last week directly refers back to Boethius's consolation of philosophy. Hmm. You know, God is the highest good, says wisdom, that rules all things mightily and delightfully arranges them. That's right from the sixth century. So we are looking back here, back and back and back into the church's practice. And I think that that's worth our remembering. There's a lot of, um, a lot going on with these. They are a kind of meditation on what it means to be the Messiah we expect. And Orex Gentium, today's one, is, is getting towards that sense of what do we mean by having a king? And of course, again, we're going to have the rug pulled out from under our feet in a few days' time because we don't get that that king and desire of the nations that we were expecting. Mm-hmm. We get we get a baby, we get um <laughs> we we get um and I think it's Nestorius who says it, although he's he's tr- trying to say it in a in a um a sarcastic way. He says, you know, can we really believe in a God that's fed on milk? Mm. And actually, because the answer is yes, we can. Yeah, yeah. And if you're not careful, St. Nicholas will come and chin you for, 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 uh, <laughs> yes. for denying it. That's Next funny. piece of music. <laughs> Next piece of music. Yes. For Raticelli. Um, oh, okay, do you want so me to just go straight into We had one. We had right, one right at the beginning of Advent, and we promised the chant version at some point. Mm-hmm. This is our last chance. Yes, and here it is, sung by okay. the Choir of King's College. Lovely. This is actually the entrance antiphon for this coming Sunday. 
It is. It's the same text, different, uh, different music. The and the antiphon itself is one of those ones that does the ba 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 pum. Or if we're not having right. the flat First teeth, time. we go back to it ba 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 pum. And it's the same text. It's that. Uh, line from you know yet again the book what gets called the book of consolation um the 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 uh, the lines from isaiah where the, you know the the poet here is pulling out all the stops on every image that we can we, we can yes. possibly do and we had it again this morning at lords that again you know let the let the the skies pour down righteousness and uh, here we've got rorate which i think in some ways is a is a gentler word but we've got again that sense of the, the the world being dampened. Our world is certainly dampened at the moment. It rained while we were out looking at the dawn. But for desert people, it's more of an important issue, I think. Let's just look at this text because I, I I mean I find it quite curious. So it says drop down. I'm t- talking about the antiphon in particular. Yeah. Um, drop down dew from above you heavens and let the clouds rain down the just one. That yep. I find a very curious phrase. Let the clouds rain down the just one. Let the earth be opened and bring forth a savior. And I remember it, uh, a priest commenting on this and he said, we're getting ready for that moment when um, the savior will actually come out out of the earth. And I found myself going, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> if we are created from the mud of the world, then perhaps that's what the incarnation gives us. Yeah. And trying not to say gives God, because but there is a sense there, isn't there, of our appreciation of God is 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 muddy, is co- is covered <laughs> with you know you know the muck of our hands. Yeah. Uh, made him to be sin who knew no sin. All of that kind of stuff. And if anyone's listening to that and they're going, well, who made that up? You know, like who came up with that? I mean, it's uh, the reference is Isaiah 45, verse 8. So it is, um, as the liturgy always does, it's, it's you know, it's, it's drawing from um, little snatches of, of um, prophecy that you might not have, uh, you might have looked over, you may have never even like, kind of, considered before but because it gets put as a an intro in in the mass suddenly you have to reckon with it and i think it's it, it's really quite thought-provoking this one well maybe it's a new year's resolution for me to look at those you know look at for example the the introit and the communion antiphon and use those because you know they are scriptural pieces anyway mm. use them as a kind of lectio divina and say what you know what is the church teaching at this point what yeah. are we supposed to you know what are our responses going to be it was interesting with this that i did check quite which uh texts we would have because sunday is christmas eve and i thought are we at this point um looking at texts where the Sunday is superseded by the solemnity that follows. And it's not. The, the, the missile is quite clear. I've got it in front of me here saying the following masses, that's the 117th to the 24th, are used on the days to which they're assigned with the exception of Sunday, which retains its own mass. Mm-hmm. That's why we have that drop down ye heavens from above, which I think is, is quite... Uh, it's quite wonderful in lots of ways, but you're quite right. Rather than pouring rain... What we have is rorate. We have the you know the dew gently falling, mm-hmm. and that 
that re recurs in the piece of music we just heard, but it's all over the place in the liturgy as this sense of 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 that. And does it perhaps have some echo of a of a um, of a pre-Christian notion of God uh, wedded to the earth? And, and I'm not going to go all sort of golden bow on it, but there is a sense <laughs> there, isn't there, of of the ways in which God communicates with the earth and one of the ways is 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 through this refreshment and i think that's probably the easiest way to put it now speaking of things which spring up from the earth the next wonderful link <laughs> <laughs> um you have chosen for us a piece about our lady um which also leads into the song after that but i won't get ahead of myself and um why exactly did you choose this one in particular there is no rose um, it was probably it was it was one of the first parallels that I recognised to be um, genuinely part of the medieval corpus. I hadn't realised, you know, for example, that some of the other stuff that we'll be listening to had got roots that far back. With this one, what I what I found was that there's we are really with the, with the medieval people who sang it. Whether carols were ever sung in church is, is one of those, I, I think, increasingly less debatable things. People just say, no, they weren't. We know that people were banned from dancing in church. And um, <laughs> this one, certainly this, this version, suggests something a little bit more sedate than that. But it's a beautiful text. It's a wonderful text of Mary and the Incarnation, yeah. which I think is something that we we sometimes forget that the medieval church firmly rooted its its um, its devotion to Our Lady in the Incarnation. Mm -hmm. Here it is, right at the point where you know the Mother of God is is if you like revealed in the liturgy. This is there is no rose of such virtue as is the rose that bear Jesu. It's a macaronic carol. If people haven't heard that phrase before, it's one of those carols where the English and the Latin move fairly seamlessly between each other. When I say fairly seamlessly, I'm being charitable here. The other way of putting it is that some cleric who was helping write this thought, oh, there's a good Latin tag we can put in there. Uh -huh. And I sometimes, I sometimes wonder whether he, his uh, Latin was quite as good as we might otherwise expect. And I've, chosen, I've chosen the Paul Hillier version um, of Theatre of Voices. A little yeah. bit different to what you had in mind, or quite different actually, but... Um, yeah, let's see. I'll see what you think of it. Lovely, lovely.
I don't know if you could hear much of that, Nick. Only little bits of it, I'm afraid. But um, it, it was uh, the sort of it was like it was being sung in, in a different room, sort of at the other end of a cloister. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. We um, <laughs> so if you didn't know, I'm in Cambridge. Nick is in Oxford, and we're doing this through a video call. Um, and uh, sometimes uh, it's difficult for him to hear the music. And unfortunately, that was one that he hadn't uh, heard before. But but I did get that repeat that repeated um, refrain, which is yeah. at the heart of a, of a, of a proper carol. And um, I thought that was a, that was a lovely piece of harmony that he was putting in. There. Yes, and and quite uh, it was quite dissonant actually, which is is interesting, an interesting choice. Though my familiarity with this text comes from singing it in a mass setting when I was at Mount St Bernard Abbey, where there was one um, of the brothers there who had discovered a um, gospel acclamation that had um, used this. And everybody, everybody sort of dreaded being the cantor for, for that day because it was so rhythmically uh, unexpected that you had to sort of, there is no rose of such virtue as is yeah. the rose that bore <laughs> Jesu. And you think like, why did they put the emphasis on those words? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm afraid completely off, off topic. There is a very, very good version of with Fry and Laurie of uh, Jeeves and Worcester, where Bertie Worcester is trying to do putting on the Ritz, whereas he follows oh, I know the, that word sense, yes. the word <laughs> sense rather than those syncopations. And the syncopations are quite a surprise to me. The first time I saw this piece in, I can't remember, I think a book of book of medieval carols with Elizabeth Poston, where all the syncopations were there and I, I'd heard it, I knew it, but then, you know, the, the text itself didn't seem to fit. But of course, it does in performance when you, mm. you just got to trust the music and hope for the best. Yeah. And then this one obviously had to have a, an Alleluia in it because it was a gospel acclamation. And the Alleluia also did. Ah, 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 well, ah. yeah, there is there is one like I mean, there, there are various ones like that because the Latin tags very often come at the end and there's a very florid bit in it. Someone once suggested to me that there is absolutely no way that the people who are uh, singing these are also dancing. But I do wonder whether, in fact, what people did was they danced during the chorus and they, then they stood right. still while somebody sang it. Increasingly, if you were dancing in any way um, energetically, you would find the breathing for There Is No Rose quite hard. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I mean, I think it's actually a really lovely piece. Um, it's but it is really hard to sing unless you once you have it down, I think you have it down. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe that's one we can play at another stage if I can find a, a recording of it. Again, that you know, this is the thing that I'm. I think we'll we'll have to come back to over the next few weeks. We could describe Advent and Christmas, but certainly in terms of the musical repertoire, as one. If not, then you spend an awful lot of time mourning the fact that you only have four weeks of four weeks of Advent and two weeks of Christmas tide mm -hmm. to get through all this wonderfully rich music. We could come back to some of this next week. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Now the next piece is one that I actually found a little bit confusing as a as an Advent or Christmas piece. Um, and I'm I'm wondering if if that kind of belies my uh, just how little I <laughs> I understand of liturgical seasons. But to me, I would have thought that this one is more of an Easter one, um, or you know, kind of a, even a, a Lenten one, looking forward to Easter. Um, it's Adam Lay Bounden, and I've only actually discovered this in the last few weeks because we're singing it in the choir um, here at St. Philip Howard. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Nick? Well, my thought is that that is precisely where it sits in the poems at the end of the, the breviary. It is the O Felix Culpa, O Happy Fault. Ah. And yet it's all it's always played as a piece of uh, Advent and Christmas music. I don't have any difficulty with that because I also like my penitential seasons to be rooted in the incarnation. So I'm not that worried. And I do like this idea of um, Adam sort of in the cold, locked out in the cold, shut out in the cold, even tied up in the garden, more or less, bound in a bond, and just always oh, just for an apple, just for a <laughs> literally damned apple. Um, and always for an apple, an apple that he took. And then as Clark has written in the very book, I think is, is, is a lovely thing. It's again, unlike There Is No Rose, which I think has got any clerical... Um, it's got clerical editor, editor pause all over it. As Clerkus Finders written in their book, is that a phrase of them or is this, you know, yet more complication to the story? I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. open to interpretation. But who have we got singing this then? Because you, you put rather on the playlist, you put we have one version and then we have three others. We're only going to hear one. Which one have you chosen? Yeah, I've, I went through them. I mean, they're all actually really beautiful, but I've decided to choose the Cambridge Singers version. And I'm not all too sure whose setting it is. Um but they're all really lovely, and and this is the one that I I thought um, would be good. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear it a little bit more clearly than than the last one. Yep. But here we go. Excellent.
What an amazing journey that 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 short little piece takes one on. Absolutely. And uh, again, perhaps it's best placed if we're we're thinking of of where it was written for, if you like, perhaps it's an annunciation piece. It is both Lenten and Marian, which sums up Advent very clearly in lots of ways, doesn't it? Um, it, it, That that sense of, you know, and I think that music, that setting particularly brought it out. There's a slight ambiguity about the idea that, in fact, what we, we're happiest about is that Our Lady has become the Queen of Heaven. Mm-hmm. But of course, what we're really saying there is the, the divinization of humanity through the Incarnation has happened because of that, that one single fault. But that was a great piece. I love the harmonies in yes. it. Yes, this is actually the one that that I'm singing. I, I mean, I've got such a short memory span that I I couldn't remember which one I had chosen. I just remember that I really liked it. And what's interesting when you when you're learning a piece for the first time and you're singing one of the inner parts, or if you're playing an instrument in in a in an orchestra or something like that, often you don't really get to hear the it from you know like a bird's eye view or or whatever the um, <laughs> the audio metaphor would be for yeah. that. Um, and I really enjoyed listening to it now and having a, a better perspective of the balance of it, um, not thinking of just the tenor line. And as I said, I think it takes on, on such an incredible little musical journey. You know, it begins in this sort of Adam Lay Bounden where you, you can feel the kind of uh, the mire, if you will. And then it sort of buds out um, as soon as it says, you know, as um, near had the apple taken been... Um, our lady would never have become the queen of heaven uh, to use modern day english it's it's lovely it's so great i love it it's great i, I liked it and i'm glad you liked it i've never heard that version before okay. so if you find out who that is bring it on the playlist and i'll i'll see if i can find the sheet music as well because that was um uh, that was a love a lovely version of it and gave us something i think of the the original though i noticed that we had modern english pronunciation and that's quite a tricky <laughs> thing to do do you for as Clarkes finden written in their book, or do you go for as Clarks find and written in their book? It's you know these these things actually do require you to have a little bit of a uh, uh, you know have your brain in when you're when you're first first approaching them. Yeah. Um, sometimes rhymes don't work, for example. That's um, right. Uh, anyway, we can come back to that. We've got another medieval carol coming up. Yes. Um, moving on as if we're dismissing one of the greatest solemnities of the church. We're coming back to it next week, so let's not worry. We're going to move to Boxing Day. Okay. And Boxing Day being Boxing Day, anybody whose heart is sinking because they think we're going to do good King Wenceslas is wrong. We, you know, if if you're if you don't behave well at Christmas, not only will Father Christmas not come, but we might do good King Wenceslas for you. But um, <laughs> this this uh, this is Ea Martyr Stefane. Um, I've got the words in front of me and I just ought to read them to people because um, the pronunciation does make them hard to follow and it moves very seamlessly between the English and the Latin. Eya, hey there, uh, Stephen the martyr. Um, Pray for us, we pray to thee. Of this martyr, Marque Mend, we, we, Marque Mind, if you like, we, th- we, we think about him. Of this martyr, we're thinking about who triumphed today. Now, that hodier, I think, is important because the hodier, if you listen out for it from now on in the liturgy, everything is today, today, today. It's as if the church is fixated on the calendar at this point, And I can see why that is. And to heaven, bliss gun went. And he went, he wandered off 
into heaven. He went to to um, to to heaven uh, because of the gift of celestial grace. He was stoned with stones great uh, because of the uh, the Im- uh, the impious nature of the people. And then he saw Christ sit in his seat. It's it's a wonderful quick version of what happens in the Acts of the Apostles, which is the um, is the narrative reading that we have for, for, for Boxing Day. Here is Eyamata of Stefane, which I think is, is um, it's one of those hymns that we just don't hear anymore, but I do like it. This is La, La Reverdi on their album, album Speculum Amoris. Notice that jolly pace as well. joyful <laughs> it's a very jolly piece isn't it for something that is actually about the um the stoning to death of somebody which i think is is in itself quite a tricky a, a tricky piece i do like it though and i do think that that um it's it's one of those pieces that you know we we can't always get together a, a, a choir to sing on these these feasts that come after christmas but it's worth remembering them and it's worth perhaps playing them through mm-hmm. on our own and just thinking this is, you know, this was serious stuff for the medieval church. Yeah. You know, people were singing these, and I suspect, you know, we, what are we? For four, four centuries before the waltz, we've got what we've got waltz time going on there. <laughs> I think that there's some. Nobody would have danced it in pairs, I'm sure, but never, never mind. I would not have known that piece of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I just made it up, to be perfectly honest. Okay. I was, I was calculating how many centuries between. Um, 
what I think is the is the first recording of of Ea Martyr Stefane um, uh, in manuscript uh, up to something that we would stop calling a, a minuet and start calling a waltz. But um, I'm sure there are proper musicologists who will at this very moment be heat, heating their pitchforks or whatever and, and coming my way for that one. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next and more problematic of, of, of the, the hymns, um, the Sands Day Carol? All right. Tell me why it's problematic. Well, it's problematic for me because I looked and I looked. I spent a jolly two hours looking for a decent recording, which I couldn't find, mm-hmm. of a hymn to St. John. And I was looking mm. for a, a carol to St. John. There is one. The Hilliard Ensemble did one. Could I, couldn't find it anywhere. Pray for us, O Prince of Peace, Amaisi Christi Johannes. Pray for us, o, o Prince of Peace, or to the Prince of Peace, depending on how you're reading it. Um, uh, friend of Christ, John. It's a lovely little piece, but unfortunately, the Prince of Peace completely um, uh, ruined my my search my search engine, and it was always looking for modern pieces. Or hymns like "To Christ, the Prince of Peace." Looking for that kind of stuff, could not. I couldn't get through to this. Um, I'm Christi Johannes, you know, friend of Christ. It just is one of those wonderful things that celebrates friendship, and I just love it because mm. of that. But never mind. Um, so, so what I chose instead a challenge, was a challenge mm, for somebody to find it for us. If they find it, then we'll see if we can find a slot for it somewhere. I think mm. that's great. So I chose the Sun's Day Carol partly because it is a uh, a wonderful carol in itself and partly because when I was younger, I assumed that this was a carol that was not attached to anybody's day. And it was actually the Sun's Day carol. It was the um, the carol without a day attached to it. But actually, it is supposed to be a uh, hymn to a saint who is very rarely uh, has any devotion these days. The saints, the Sun's Day carol is meant to be for a saint called Saint Sans, whether that's true or not i don't know but what it does do is it does that thing that english carols do with the holly and the ivy a bit in god rest ye merry gentlemen you can almost smell the mulled wine when you listen to maddie mm. prior carnival band <laughs> singing now the holly bears a berry as you know, and we hear all these different bits let's go for it shall we
see a, a mother with a um, child dandling on her knee and she's busy singing this song to her. And it's Medipriya, a lovely bouncy little yeah, song. Yeah, it's very it? bouncy. She has such a wonderful way of delivering these um, these carols. I, I can't get enough of it. It's, it's wonderful. Now, I think it's really wonderful. Apparently there is a village, uh, there is a um, uh, there is a village or a, a, a settlement called St. Day in Cornwall, which is oh. where it was collected from. I'm still not entirely sure by that. There, there is a, a, a whole translation. There is a whole version of it apparently in Cornish. Um, the only thing I would say is that I'm not sure. And the very first time I sang it in primary school, I thought, hold on a minute. The holly does not bear a berry as black as the cold. The ivy bears it. And I just wondered whether there, there's uh, there's bits missing from this, um, and it's a it's a it's a more secular song that some worthy worthy cleric somewhere has decided this is too good for the devil to have all the best tunes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was also Moon wondering about that, by the way. But um, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting, interesting the point. The ivy has has berries that are first of all green, but so does holly. But then, of course, holly has berries that are red, and ivy has berries that are very, very dark green. Mm. Um, and don't chop down your ivy at this point because the birds will le- need them during the winter because they are you know, they're great for pollinators late in the season, and then they're great for birds. Uh, the wood pigeons around us, for example, love them. And whereas I don't necessarily love the wood pigeons, they do need to eat. <laughs> All right, let's try and get through the rest of this music because we don't okay. have that much Fine. time. So this is more solemn. This is the Coventry Carol. Yes. And I'm not going to com- comment on it at this point. And I might not cover- comment on it afterwards because it rare is the occasion that I hear a decent version of this without uh, about tearing up. Mm. So off we go. <laughs> yes, and the version that I've chosen for us is sung by the Vienna choir boys choir and um i think you're gonna like it nick
What did you think of that? Well, I'm gobsmacked. I mean, um, you don't have to like it. <laughs> if you had told me beforehand we were going to listen to a piece that was arranged like that, I would say, oh, please, no, because it has the original has you know, has dissonances in it. The um, the uh, time signature is very irregular, but that was quite amazing. Yeah. And that that you know, when you heard me say "Good heavens!" when we got as far as um, <laughs> the slay of all young children to slay, we were in no doubt there about yeah. the violence of that. Yeah. And that was just oh, I've got goose pimples actually. Yeah. <laughs> And it ends with that test of Piketty, which I was I was wondering if they were going to do it. I was like, oh, are they going to? And then, yeah, it. Um, I think it worked. It wasn't as kind of um, corny as they, it, it wasn't corny at all, is what I should say, as sometimes those sort of ending on the, the major can sound, you know, but it was, I think it. I did hear a version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel once where somebody did that. And I thought, <laughs> it's not your place in the congregation to go, oh, my God. But there was a certain amount of, I wish, wish they hadn't done that. Um, but that one, you know, that one works very well in lots of ways. It works in the original harmony because you, what you've got is you've got a dissonance, a really nasty little dissonance but, uh, in that bye bye, lulli, lulli. And it, we don't go for the three, four, which is what we had there. You get and you're just thinking, well, hold on, what's happening here? That didn't sound right. Then we got the sound signature that was different. And then we got the Tiesta Picardy. But it worked very well in that piece. I mm. thought that, 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 that was very well done. Thank you for that, Tim. Sure. I should, I should listening to that one again myself. Yeah. And I am noticing that we're nearly out of time. Yeah. And we've got to play this one. We've just got to have... Um, <laughs> Tomorrow shall be my dancing day. <laughs> On Sunday, I, I wonder whether if anybody wants to have, have a private Maria-thon and pass any, you know, pass used used fivers to Radio Maria England if they don't hear this on Sunday in their church, and that's no going to the said mass <laughs> just to get round it, um, then um, I do. I This is uh, from uh, the Cambridge Singers, and tomorrow shall be my dancing day. Heavily edited i should warn you i once heard a group that had been told oh can we do tomorrow showed me our dancing day there are some very anti-semitic verses in the original right. and just be be wary of them they are not in this version Oh my lord, 
Well, I think that's a really good place for us to um, call this program to a close. And I think there's something of the Advent feeling, which I've been this week saying to myself, you know what, there's a certain kind of Advent feeling that I've definitely been having um, this Advent where you are. He's coming. He's coming. I can feel it. And it's it um, it kind of colors the whole anticipation of this season. And it's lovely for us to have a piece like that. Um, maybe not the I kind of thing church, I'd sing, but I know churches who that in earlier times with full high mass vestments had different colours for Advent than they did for Lent. Hmm. I think these days we don't have the resources for that, but a bluer colour for Advent. And I think in the English system, the pre-Reformation system, we had a dark blue for Advent as well, which we sometimes see in Anglican churches. So maybe there is a different feel to Advent. And certainly we've got a different feel to the joys of next Christmas. But yeah, time to end. Time to, do we say Happy Christmas yet? Or shall Mm. we save that till next week? (laughs) We can wish, I think we can wish everyone a Happy Christmas um, for the coming week and um and just a reminder that next week we will still be having the liturgical looking glass it will be an hour later than usual but um we will be here giving you some christmas joy in the form of reflections on the liturgy of the week to come as we always do with lots of wonderful music chosen by and since it's the feast of saint thomas beckett we will have something a bit grim as well so <laughs> <laughs> great well nick it's been really fun and um, Jim, thank you for this year oh i know we will meet again yeah. uh, even before the year is out but thank you for this it's been an absolute joy thank you for the listeners that have stayed with us and the new ones that have joined us happy christmas when it comes everybody god bless happy christmas everyone Angelus Domini, Nuncia mit Maria. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu. 